Well, welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all their people at the table. I'm one of your hosts, DM Mitch, and I'm really excited about this episode that we have coming up. DM Neil and myself are talking about something that I feel like maybe has been a long time coming. You know that we have talked about epilogue nights or epilogue sessions on the DMs block before, but today what we're going to be talking about is something a little bit different, but certainly connected to the idea of an epilogue night, and that is we're going to be talking about prologues, prequels, and flashback sessions of D&D. So I'm really excited about that. So thanks for joining us. And without any further ado, let's head to the meat and dive into this episode's discussion. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The flat meat's back on the menu, boys. All right, so for this episode of The Meat, uh, I'm really excited about uh, talking with you, Neil, about this, especially because uh, as we uh, talked off-air, this is something that you and I have done before while DMing. Uh, Long-time listeners of the show will know that one topic that we have uh, specifically talked about in at least one episode before, but it's kind of continued on as a topic that we've discussed throughout the show is epilogue nights um or we yep. we always call it epilogue nights but i mean you could be playing in the morning we don't know but the <laughs> idea of doing an epilogue uh for your game one thing that we haven't ever talked about though epilogue being like the this is the end of the story may it could take place like 30 years after the story 100 years who knows this is fantasy but one thing we haven't ever talked about is the idea of prologues. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Specifically, we're going to be talking about prologues, prequels, and flashback adventures. And so one thing that I think we need to start out by discussing is what do we mean when we talk about prologues, prequels, flashbacks, and is there a difference between the three? It'd be super funny if I was just like, no, they're all the no, same. No, the, yeah, stop. So, Why are we using three words? Yeah. So the, the thing I realized that we didn't even talk about before as we like were doing the outline was the one thing it's not is that it's not your session zero. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't want to. We're having a conversation about something that I think is wholly separated yeah. from that, because I think the prologue is interesting because oftentimes when used as like a literary device of this is the prologue, it doesn't always focus on your main characters. It gives you some insight into what the overall story will be. But it but sometimes it'll look at the big bad. It'll look at a different person or it'll give some context yeah. for, for the overall story. So I think that, yeah, again, I just wanted to start the conversation with not session zero, something so, different. Yeah. So maybe clarifying question there, because I think 
uh, maybe some people uh, might use that term session zero to mean different things. So what is it that you mean when you say session zero? Like I typically um, don't use the word session zero um, for what I think you're talking about. <laughs> um, what I typically have referred to it as is character creation night. You get together, you yep. haven't even started the adventure yet. You haven't started role playing, but you're putting together the necessary pieces to get your players ready. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. So, and I think, it, I think that's the, the, you used pieces. And I think that's kind of the analogy in my head is you're kind of bringing all the pieces to, to the table and you're seeing how those fit of, you know, I say, I'm this character. You say you're that character. It makes sense that maybe our backstories tie together. And it's, it's more of this free flow brainstorming kind of thing. Whereas the prologue, it is truly a narrative that you're going to walk through, but it's set either right before a long time before. Um, and then, it, but again, so, the difference between the three words is also super interesting because yeah. that that's why we wanted to do it. The prologue, again, looking at it as the literary device, is a short chapter yep. before the overall story. Yeah. So in that sense, and I like what like what you just differentiated between character creation night session zero and what we're talking about. I think what we're saying is the main difference is the session zero and the character creation night. It's like prep, it's like getting ready, it's players discussing with DM and with each other getting ready for the adventure. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about with prologues and prequels and flashbacks is actually role-playing, actually yep. telling an adventure. And I think typically, although it's connected, it is also a different adventure. So like you said, prologue with a literary device, like you think about opening up a book, just like the epilogue, and as we've talked about with the epilogue, night before like typically the way that we've discussed it is it's one session covering like the span of maybe like quite a few years typically leading up to the end of that character whether it's death or they walk off into the sunset and maybe they'll show up as a cameo in another campaign whatever it is but like it's putting those final touches to the story and to the character, even though the main plot is done. And so this is like you said, this is something different. Um, and it might have the characters that are in mm -hmm. the adventure that you're going to play in it. Uh, but it also might be completely different. And I loved you just threw out one just randomly, but you threw out, maybe it has to do with the, the villain. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I, that's exciting to me. We'll get into why later. Why do you do this? But like, just as like, uh, like thinking about that right now, the idea of starting off the adventure by getting to role play the villain and having your players like have agency and like adding quirks and like personality traits to who yeah. the villain is to start off the adventure, and then all of a sudden, boom, we're in this adventure, and that's the villain. That's really exciting to me. Yeah. Well, and then moving to prequel. Then you're looking at playing something a lot more, you know, yep. the you're playing a longer campaign and, and you're determining like where you're trying to set that. Um, I know that we, we had talked about examples and what's funny is some of my big examples aren't things that you could observe, but just ideas of like the Game of Thrones prequel. That's going to be how many seasons that's, yeah. that's set how early before the game, the, the actual Game of Thrones. Um but then you also look at the new Lord of the Rings series that's coming out where it's entitled The Rings of Power, which I assume then means 
the story we looked at, we're going to go you know, just wander a couple thousand years before and talk about those times. But we're almost like you're living in that time to do a prequel. But also kind of with this discussion, what we need to recognize with a prequel is unlike the prologue adventure that we're kind of talking about, which uh, I think in the sense of doing a prologue, what we're talking about is you have an idea for a campaign and you want to give some backstory. So you're starting with like maybe a one shot prologue. Let's tell about the, the, the major artifact that this has to do with, or let's tell a story about the villain. Like you said, uh, that's going to be big in this, in this campaign that we're going to tell that I think is probably a shorter adventure prequel. I think is longer. Like it could be very much a whole campaign, but also it's like going back. Like you already played a campaign and there was something about like the history that was explored, the past that led up to that campaign that your players like really latched onto. And maybe they ended that, um, that campaign and had a lot of questions. They were like, Oh, what, what happened here? How did this get to this point? And, you're going back and saying, Hey, let's actually tell the story that came before the story. And in the sense of what we've mentioned, like you think about like the star Wars prequels, right? They're only called a prequel because the original movies came first. Mm -hmm. If episodes one, two, and three, uh, which is so interesting that George Lucas started out with episode four, like such a like very weird thing. But like if episodes one, two, and three chronologically came out uh, in actual time before episode four, five, and six. First of all, it'd be very different, but they wouldn't be called the prequel. They would be called the original trilogy, mm-hmm. and then the original trilogy would be called the sequels because it would just be told that way. Prequel kind of like specifies that you've already told the story, but you want to tell a story that came before. And so that's kind of the idea with the prequel is that you're going back and you're telling a campaign that came in the timeline, the history of your world before that connected, but coming after. Yeah. Which I thought was really funny. I was just like, well, yeah, you can't call it a prequel unless yeah. it comes before something else like that, that duh, yeah, or, or it comes works. before, but it also comes after you're telling yeah. it after. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think the same with the um, Dritz books, like the original yeah. trilogy, the mm. crystal shard trilogy came out. Then you went back to his time before. Oh, which um, honestly, those are like three of my favorite of the Druids. Oh, yeah. The they're three. so, they're so good. So good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just another yeah. written example rather than just visual. Yeah. It's like you see like depth that like it's like a mind that needs to be explored. And so you're like, hey, let's go back and do this. OK. And then we, we have this other thing called flashbacks. So what exactly is the difference between a uh, like we have prologues, we have prequels. What's a flashback? So, again, you're looking at more of a shorter form scenario going so maybe back like to like a one shot. Yeah. Whatever. It is. Yeah. Yep. And so you're you. You have to find that narrative point that you stumble into. I think it'd almost be the way I mean, you could probably pre plan it, but I mean, you just have to hold it there until it's time to to um, play that flashback. But there's a piece of the narrative that you want to expand on. And the most interesting thing is that. You know, is there one again? Is some of the same questions as the prologue? Is there one character? Are there three characters? Yeah. Are there none of the characters? Are they replaying? Um, you know, I think just now my mind's all set on Lord of the Rings, but it, the idea <laughs> of they go into the minds of Moria, and part of that campaign, what could be really interesting is you have a flashback to when the minds fell. 
um, and then you play through a single session of the mines falling. Then you cut back to the main campaign and continue forward. Um, that works a lot more at your table than it does on screen. Um, so that that's one of the ideas I think of, of, yeah, shorter, but you're still expanding that story that they're dealing with right in that moment. Yeah. I think that, that you said it really well. I think I, in my mind, I'm going, so a flashback is very, very similar to a prologue. It's just about when you're telling it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you might tell more than one of them. Uh, instead of like, oh, we're going to start this campaign with a prologue, a flashback is you're, you're going along in this campaign and all of a sudden this big thing happens and your players have questions and, and you as the DM go, oh, wouldn't it be really cool if we kind of like explored this more, explored this question mm -hmm. rather than just like telling, right? Like you show them by we play it out together. We play out a one shot that has to do with the backstory here. And so you end maybe your uh, current campaign session, a cliffhanger. And then the next session is a one shot uh, in which you're telling this backstory, this flashback. And then you return to the campaign and your players have a deeper knowledge of the story that's being told and the elements that are coming into play. So, yeah, hopefully we've kind of uh, described uh, the differences that at least we kind of, um, how we differentiate the idea of a prologue, a prequel, or a flashback, but all of them are stories, adventures that are happening, you're playing them out, but they have come before the current campaign. Uh, so we've kind of talked about the, the differences. Uh, now the big question is, why would you ever want to do this? Why would you want to play a prologue or a prequel or a flashback Start us out, Neil. What do you, what are your thoughts? What is the purpose behind it? Because it's awesome. I mean, yeah. so much, no, um, <laughs> why not? Yeah, why? Yeah, why not? Um, I think it depends on all. I mean, this is this almost sounds stupid to say, but it, it depends on the story you're trying to tell. Um, because if you feel like you need to set some things up in a specific way, a prologue is probably one of the good ways to do that. There may be certain things that just feel better playing through them. Uh, it, that way your players and their characters, if you will, are that stage is set in a way to make the whole campaign f more successful narratively and in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Lord of the Rings. We're going to keep on referencing things that we know, but you think of the Lord of the Rings movies um, and you think of if you think about it as a D&D &D campaign. Um, that prologue that the Lord of the Rings trilogy has uh, with the um, the battle with Sauron um, mm -hmm. and the the armies uh, going to fight uh, in Mordor, like as a D&D &D player, if I was playing in that game and you said, would you like to play through the prologue? Or would you like me to write a five page document that I read? No, I want to play in that prologue. That yeah. sounds amazing. I'm going to be Gollum. Wait, yeah. No, why not? not? And I think you're, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be Gollum. I think that you're um, building up excitement about the story to come. And like you said, there's way more that you're going to be able to um, offer to your players as far as understanding the story that's to come uh, when they're playing in it. They're as characters and as players, they're going to be able to pick up on more. They're going to be able to ask questions uh, more than just like we said, you have this 
five-page document in which you're, like, reading off in, like, a deep voice in the beginning. There was... Uh, not to say that that's not a bad way of doing it, either. There are good, like, different styles, but what we're talking about... Yeah, why why not do that in the first place? Yeah. And, yeah, if, if you do read it, I mean, I feel like that falls back, you know, back out and into more of session one than a prologue. Because, again, you're, you're going to be... The idea of all three of these is that dice are mm. going to be rolled. Like, yeah. Um, in in those scenarios and the the prequel is interesting because i think that one comes more of someone at the table someone or someone's want to tell that story um if it's you as the dm because you feel really compelled that campaign closed but you feel like a prequel campaign would work really well for you the person doing it or you think your players would be really into the idea of playing still in that same world but you know decades centuries millennia before to set that stage i think that that's more of the catalyst for the prequel is i mean there's got to be more buy-in because you're going to play longer (laughs) well and not only is there going to be more there is going to be more buy-in I think, and there's going to be way better memory if you want your players to remember things that are crucial to the story. Well, if you read to them the introduction, the like story before, mm. um, honestly, when when you're playing, you're probably going to have moments where the players are going to go, hey, what the heck are we doing again? What's wait, who is this guy? Yeah. How do you say <laughs> their name? What is it like? They're going to have those questions. And I mean, you keep on playing and they'll keep on grasping onto it but when you actually sit down you play through the prologue mm-hmm. uh, and they have characters that are part of that history now uh certainly i think that's going to really solidify into their minds more of the backstory than just telling the backstory yeah. which it ends up also being really interesting because a couple of the examples we've given with the um star wars movies as well as the dreads novels it's interesting too if you end up going with the route of, let's say, you know, we'll just use the term trilogy, um, but you go with trilogy one, the prequel trilogy, and then the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, if you're afforded that opportunity at your table, that that's a really interesting place um, that you can find yourself because you're doing, you know, part part four, five, six, one, two, three, and then jump over to seven, eight, nine. And now then just about- write books for the next 40 years because you're R.A. Salvatore. But... <laughs> Yeah, and with the prequel, too, I think it's just like in the sense of telling the prologue is, you know, you've already got the story in mind and you're starting out with the prologue because you you have this vision in your head. The prequel, maybe you didn't have the idea for a lot of the history before, but as you told a campaign, more and more of it was coming to life and more and more questions like your players are wanting to dive into um, you're meeting, uh, characters that are older and who have lived through it, uh, that are interesting. And so I think it's kind of like a, if the story was so fantastic and you end it and the players are like, man, we really want more. Uh, this is a reason why you can go back and tell a prequel story. Uh, maybe it has some of the same, uh, PCs, uh, maybe it has, uh, one or two of them, and if they were connected before the story, before the campaign, they were already friends, and so you can tell that maybe they're maybe they're cameos, right? I think what we're talking about cameos are really important. You're you're gonna want to throw cameos into it because mm-hmm. they are supposed to be connected. Yeah. But yeah, like looking at that story you just told and going, there's so much more we didn't get to look at, and now my mind is just bustling with ideas. If the players are interested, go tell a prequel. 
Yeah, which is interesting because you're afforded a lot more of that with the prequel than you are with the prologue. Mm. Because probably with you know with the prologue, you're writing that for your players to experience. With the prequel, I mean, you're kind of already given the given the clues of <laughs> oh, hey, everyone seemed super interested in yeah. this very specific time. Why don't we go talk about that very specific time that everyone seemed interested in? Um, so yeah, there's and there's a lot of pieces of certain NPCs that you could look back on their early days, or um, you look at their parents or things like that. Yeah, and then what about a flashback? Uh, flashback, like we said, shorter form. We'll just say one shot. Um, doesn't happen at the beginning, but you can do multiple of them as you go along. Why do a flashback? Uh, again, it's just give more context for the story you're trying to tell in a way that engages the players more. Because, you, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, when you're a DM, there is a big difference between being a DM and being a writer. Because hmm. um, if that's all... It's, if that's all the, that you're presenting, then I guess you could have written that book to yeah. give to your players. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's the biggest difference is when you're a DM, you're all writing that story together. So then having that flashback, again, you're giving the opportunity even in those moments set previously for the players to engage with that history and then make it collectively make it something rather than just you telling them the story. Yeah. This is the one that, and I'd like to hear which one, because we've talked and said we've done these before, but this is the one that I know I have done the most of, is done like flashback adventures. Well, that's super funny, because I was going to say, I really thought you were going to say this is the one you've done the least, because that's what I was going to say. Oh, yeah? Yeah, flashbacks is by far the least that I've done. Okay, so interesting. I think that uh, one of the reasons it's easy for me to say I've done flashbacks the most is because, like we kind of established, they're not like pre-planned like a prologue Mm -hmm. but it like comes up as things um come up in the story um one one flashback idea that i've really loved and latched onto is we have done flashbacks for like specific pcs so uh, we all know as dms players come to the table um and they uh, have backgrounds that they've built into their characters. And this is one reason I like Character Creation Night or Session Zero is because you get to, as a DM, work with those players and develop like really good backstories together that make sense within the narrative because every DM uh, out there who's done it for a long time also knows um, the the player who comes to the table and you're, you're telling like a, uh, we'll say like loath, uh, lower threat, like not world breaking mm. story, but they come to the table with their level one character and they're like, I am Druar oh. the Great and I have slayed 17 dragons in my mm. time. And this is what I know. And, but then they get killed by a kobold. Like the, the background, right? That doesn't make sense. Whatever. We also know that as we play through the story, there are elements that the character has that had the. PCs have that are part of their backstories that maybe trickle off, but then there are some that really become an important part of the story that Mm -hmm. is being told with the rest of the players and the rest of the PCs. And so as um, I have DM'd and those elements have come into play uh, as I've told stories, um, I have done flashback episodes where 
one of the players is playing an older version, um, or I, sh- I guess I should say a younger version, right? Mm-hmm. A prequel version, a flashback version of themselves, and we're telling a story um, before the story. And it might not even have anything to do with the story itself that we are telling, but it has to do with the character that's within the story. And it's like, it's great at building more depth into that character and everybody around the table can get involved. The other uh, players can play characters that are now like characters that can be NPCs if they survive, uh, that are important to the PC that is the story centering around. But I've done that multiple times. And another answer to the question of why would you do this Every time that I've done this, it's because we've gone, hey, so we're playing in two weeks, right? Oh, this person can't be there, but everybody else can be there. And so what we've done is whenever that's happened, we're doing a flashback episode. Everybody who can come comes. One of the players who uh, is going to be there, we're going to tell a flashback episode on that character in particular. And it's really added depth to... um, the the characters and it also gives the other players an appreciation for the background of that character that has uh that player has worked on yes i love so many things and i had so many ideas and they all just flew out of my head okay well we we can come back to those ideas because they'll come back but i'd like to ask you you said flashbacks are the least oh yeah you've done so what have you done the most of uh prologues Prologues. So yeah, I have a yeah, I have a tendency to do that just to get people more engaged with the story, um, and be it sometimes. So I've done one where it will. I mean, I guess there's no better place than right now to get into this. Um, I think the prologue is also a good opportunity to potentially use something other than D and D. Um, because you're again, you're looking at kind of a single session. So it depends on what you want to do with that prologue. So I used Kingdom. Okay. For one, for one, where it literally built the story out, and the only like one of the bigger ties is it was more of the parents of the of the yeah. players. Yeah, um, were were playing in that prologue setting up, really establishing the kingdom through playing that game. Um, so just to throw the the piece out there that if there is um, an RPG system that you think would accomplish what you're trying to do with the story more, that's a perfect time to use it um, in the prologue. But yeah, I, I just enjoy having them engage with the story in a different way and then kind of kicking off the campaign from there. Do you have other um, like insight on what you've, you've done with, with the prologues you, you said you you've done like the parents of um, character, the PCs. And so then they get to play their parents and add more depth. Have you done mm. things beyond their parents? Have you done like, have you taken ever the actual pcs and put them in the prologue oh fantastic so so that was the other one that i was going to say is that um it it, it's more of a prologue i I mean in a way it it starts to lean towards session one but you're not i've done it where you're not doing the you meet in a tavern yeah it's it's more organic that i one character was in an amphitheater competing while another character observed them in the crowd to then tie those two characters together to then tie the next character to the, but having the players play part of that. So like, so one of the actual player characters 
oh, this does get confusing. And I see why these are some of the drawbacks. <laughs> but one of the player characters was playing as like a competitor in the amphitheater. But I was letting one of the other players play the NPC that they were up against mm. while one of the other person's PCs was observing this. And they're like, OK, so now I know they're strong. They can help me with my quest, have that conversation. Um, so, yeah, really playing out those initial connections rather than like, oh, you're all beating a bar and you trust each other implicitly. <laughs> Adventure away. Oh, that's a great point, though, that like, I mean, I mentioned cameos before. And like, in my mind, I'm thinking if you're telling a prequel story, mm -hmm. uh, you want to draw in cameos from the story that you told the campaign before. Uh, the original trilogy, right? Yeah. You want to like draw in cameos from that. Like Yoda's got to show up because he would be there, mm -hmm. right? That's that's kind of the th thing I'm thinking. But if you're telling a prologue, if you're telling a flashback, um, and it, especially if your players um, are playing now characters that are connected to PCs in the past or their family members or whatever, like they have just developed new potential NPC cameos that can show up Mm -hmm. in your current campaign, um, in your current story, and be, I mean, they could they could be just really throwaway, easy, like, you could throw, it, oh, throw a name out there and just watch the players be like, oh, I know who that is, I played that person. Or you could have them actually be a character if it makes sense that they're still alive. And yep. you, wanna, you want your players to have buy-in to an NPC? You pull out an NPC that they developed? Well, that's... That's yeah. fantastic, really. And and they've given you so much depth into what you can now draw and put it into that character into the main campaign. I think that's a fantastic um, uh, a pro to this approach. Yeah. The, the thing I started to think about is, and that's kind of our next piece is, what are some of the problems and yeah. challenges that come from? There definitely are. Yeah. And oh. some DMs listening are already going, I would never do this because x y and z so yeah. let's talk about the x y and z the problems and the challenges yeah i mean i think the number one to get out of the way is certainly metagaming because yeah. we're going back in time so yeah. then that it, it's it depends on the story you're telling i mean there may be no oppor no real opportunities for that to happen but at the same time there could be start to finish is just an opportunity for ridiculous metagaming depending on where you are in your story Let's, I mean, let's just be honest here. Like, we've talked about different types of play styles uh, in mm -hmm. uh, your your D&D campaigns, right? Uh, this is something that will be very natural, I think, if you have a bunch of players that are really themselves storytellers. That's their favorite type um, of, of element of D&D. And so they, I think, are going to have the, the smallest hurdle... Uh, or no hurdle at all to understanding like, no, we want this to work. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't want to like throw a wrench in the gear and then be like, well, this doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, murder hobos? <laughs> Probably not the people that are going to latch onto this or have the easiest time with this. Um, I, I think of, um, I, I'm going to, this is, this is a, not a diss. This is a, um, an, an encouraging building up uh, DM Chris, uh, DM Chris, uh, is a storyteller at heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, honestly, like I love playing, having Chris as one of the players in my games. Um, and, uh, I miss the days where that was just easy for us to do. Uh, but, uh, Chris, when we've told stories that have taken place, um, in the past in my world, and then there are 
characters that are introduced that he's like, oh, this is a this is a major character. Like I remember um, I introduced a character as a as a baby um, in one of uh, my campaigns. Like they they actually found him because he's a he's like part deity uh, esque. Um, and so the character actually appeared as a falling star and they went to the place where the falling star came and they found a baby in a crater. Um, and, uh, Chris was, Chris is hilarious because he will voice as a player, like the trollish thing, like, well, what if we just killed, yeah, killed it? Like, right. Like, like the baby Hitler, like, what if we just it, killed like, and this is a good character. So like, there's no way he was going to yeah. do that. Both. He was a good character and it's a good character that was, um, presented, uh, as a cameo. Um, but like, you know, he throws out there the trollish, like, what if we did this, this would mess things up. But in actuality, what he role plays is he buys really into it um, and he wants his character to be part of that history. And so he actually was we in that story, he actually came up with the name. He named the child and he gave it the name that the child would have so that I didn't have to come up with some wonky like why this character changed his name like years later. Um, But like, yeah, metagaming is a difficult thing because if you're telling a, uh, if you're telling a prologue, it's not, that's not the challenge I would say, Mm -hmm. but with a flashback or with a prequel, uh, you and your players recognize we already know, uh, where this has gone. We don't know all the things and there needs to be player agency. Uh, but there is a target that's already been set. And if you have players that just want to, uh, see the world burn. Yeah. (laughs) This probably isn't the right type of ca- campaign or adventure. No, uh, and, and things work differently for the two. Um, like you said, the prologue is kind of set. I mean, so there is something I would say would be true of probably the prologue and the flashback more than the prequel in that I wouldn't, for me personally, to help avoid some of these challenges or counteract them if they happen, I would have pretty hard cuts of when those are done not to start something else. Because I just in the sense that depending on what choices my players would make will dictate some of the things I would need to change for the campaign. If I go to that flashback and they attach themselves really heavily to an NPC I wasn't expecting, aka we're playing D and D, though, so that's just true of every every session. Um, oh, Gobby the Goblin, he's really important now. Um, <laughs> but the idea that those the choices that they make could change things for what you want to do going forward so i wouldn't have it in my mind to have like let's say i'm playing a four-hour session it be over at hour two because i think that puts me in a weird spot that's going to put my players in a weird spot because i'm not really going to know what to do same with the prologue they may decide things that reshape everything you want to do because they did things in the prologue which that's some of i mean it's the benefit but it is also a challenge if you don't set yourself up well to move forward yes yeah the metagaming uh blade works both ways in past and future uh because you don't want like if you're playing in a in a prequel or in a flashback specifically uh in which the story before or the story after has already been told uh then you know that there are things that the player's could do and the players know there are things that they could do to completely undermine that or that original story that happens in the future uh let's kill this character and we'll see how <laughs> that happens now it's a fantasy world right so as the dm you have tools at your fingertips as resurrection those kind of things but um 
yeah, like the idea of a player trying to troll the story uh, is is a problem that you want to avoid. So we've say it, said it many times. Know know your players. Know if this is something that they're gonna they're gonna enjoy. They're gonna buy into. But then, like you said, also if you're going and telling a flashback, um, or or playing the prologue. Uh, and you're giving in-depth information that's going to go into the story, like there's an artifact, uh, and in the prologue or in the flashback, you reveal how to unlock the chest uh, through magic words that um, contain the artifact. Well, I mean, there's a metagaming aspect that if the characters in the campaign don't know that, but they've played through it in a flashback or a prologue, well, you've got to kind of figure that out as a DM. Like, has it changed? Or, like, do you have a mature enough group of players that they're not going to look for every opportunity to go, like, oh, I figured it out because this. Um, the metagaming blade can cut both ways. Yeah, and it, I mean, I am not great about this, but, I mean, if you were to go down these roads, I, mean, I think one of the biggest things is taking more notes than you probably do usually. Because, I mean, if you have a progressive story, you're, you're just kind of, you're, it's a lot more additive whereas if you're going backwards to try and go forwards then you should probably take really good notes so that you don't mess yep. things up yep yep exactly i think um obviously kind of coinciding with all of this is player agency um you're playing like we've established i think the prologue is probably the the least problematic out of all of these um, because you're telling it at the beginning before the campaign starts and so you're developing like but at the same time, it, maybe maybe that's not true because you and your mind it, with the prologue have an idea of the story that's going to happen. Um, and so we need to recognize that a game is not fun. A story is not fun if the players don't have agency. Um, there is an element to mature role players who understand not wanting to use their meta knowledge to break the story, right? Um, but also as a DM, we have to recognize if we haven't given the players any choice in the story, well, what is the point? Just read it off of a script because if you're not willing to allow your players to add to the story that you've told and add depth and add detail, that's that's a problem. And I would say avoid this type of storytelling. I'd say that's something that all DMs should strive to do. Like if you're mm -hmm. if you're not giving your players agency, that's a that's a problem. But certainly that that could be problematic here. Yeah, it's, all it makes me think of is literally like the worst session slash campaign that I was ever in is that we had no agency in the initial part and then we're mad. But like that could be okay too that they're frustrated because they'll gain agency as the story goes on. But yeah, if there's none at all, then you're just reading a book and that's no yeah. fun. Yes. Yeah. The player. The main characters who should be the player characters, they need to be important and their choices need to be important. If you want them to have buy into your story, you need to have buy into their choices and their characters. So um, any other challenges or problems that you can think of that go along with this idea of prologues and prequels and flashbacks? Yeah, I think some of it is also like not really not potentially knowing how much or how little they'll end up being especially with i mean with with the prequel campaign i mean you're trying to set up end goals but even still like if you had a specific end goal in mind i mean we've mentioned star wars a few times if if you're looking at rogue one as a prequel i mean that has a the definitive point at which it needed to 
get to because it literally transitions right into the next movie. Um, so that can be difficult for the prologue or the flashback if you're not sure how much you're trying to invest and how much you're trying to get out of it. Yeah, that that's a great movie to use an example of another thing I'd say that you want to avoid if you're telling um, a prologue or a prequel or a flashback is the goal of that story should not be the failure of the characters mm-hmm. that are playing in it. Now, with that understanding, um, like this is different than write a book or uh, a movie like you brought up Rogue One, right? Like Rogue One going into that movie as a viewer, if you knew Star Wars, you were like, oh, they're all going to die at the end, right? Like that's yeah. going <laughs> that's going to be the the end of the story. Um, now, I don't think that that's something that cannot happen. Um, in a prologue or a prequel or a flashback that the main characters all um, die, that the PCs all die. But one, I would, all, I would again, stress, know your players um, so they're not just upset by it. Uh-huh. But that can't be the goal, to be like, you know what? I'm setting up the story to tell the downfall of these heroes, and so this is just an excuse to beat up on those uh, PCs and just make them feel worthless. There needs to be another element to that story. And I would say there needs to be success, a story of success in that story, even if it does end ultimately with all of them dying. And maybe that ends up being more of a, a cutscene like thing at the end of the, of the story of the prologue of the story of the prequels of the story of the flashback. Maybe your setup for the new story um, or the current story, whether if it's a flashback, is more of an epilogue of the prequel, the flashback, the prologue. Because, yeah, the idea of just, like, we're role-playing this so that I can kill these characters, mm. not good. Yeah. Funny, but not good. Yeah. Failure cannot be the objective, even if there is a failure in the, um, or a defeat in the story that came before that cannot be the objective. You want your players to have fun and create interesting characters. So, um, all right. With that, we've come to, uh, the homework, which, uh, certainly, uh, we could just throw out a bunch of uh, prequels and such, but, uh, yeah, Neil, any homework for this week? Any thoughts on homework? I wonder, I mean, like I, I know we usually do things that are, geared towards just observing it or reading it or things like that. But I think one of the things that would be interesting is to try and one of the easier ones for, for most DMs would probably be to just try and think of a time that you could do a flashback. Um, just to, like as a thought exercise, I'm not saying that you need to use it, um, but if it seems like something you that you think would work well, then I'd certainly implement it. But I think that'd be probably your, least painful i mean because you could think of a prologue but then you'd have to be in the convenient spot of not like starting a campaign soon yeah i think my i i would also just give some general i don't have like a specific go watch this or go read this because we could we could obviously just say hey let's look at a list of prequels and flashback episodes and this and that what i would say is i think the idea of flashback episodes has um at least in my observation has become fairly prevalent, especially within the um, 
the genre of fantasy. Um, mm. So I would say as you are just relaxing and enjoying watching a TV show or movies, um, keep an eye out for that and be inspired by that. Like I know in, in talking about this topic, you and me mentioned, you know, we've seen that in Game of Thrones uh, that happens. So if you're if you are rewatching or you're watching it for the first time, like watch that for Game of Thrones. Uh, I know that there was at least one episode, I want to say. Uh, in the new Wheel of Time um, series. That's a flashback episode, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, it tells a story before the story. Um, it's It seems to be a pretty um, regular storytelling device that especially fantasy TV shows will use. So keep an eye out for that uh, and be inspired by that and see why they use a flashback episode. What is their purpose behind it? What does it do for the story? And ask yourself, how can I do that as a DM with the stories that me and my players are telling around a table? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch The Witcher for the second time. Mm, Witcher season one, thinking, season yeah. one for the second time, because it's not going to work on the first time. <laughs> um, yeah, because the way that those are te- technically flashbacks inside of the overall narrative, because then you find out at the end that no timeline is the same, and then it all makes sense. Well, that's all that we have for you for this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block. I really hope that you have enjoyed this. And as uh, my hope is, and I know Neil's hope and Chris and everybody who's worked on the show before, our hope is that uh, in listening to this, that your brain is just filled with inspiration for D&D adventures that you can run for your groups in your home or online or at a convention. However it is that you run games as a DM, we hope that we are helping you in that journey. If you like this episode, if you've liked past episodes, future episodes, please head on over to the Podcatcher app of your choice and give us a five-star review. It just helps get the word out about the show and help other DMs and future DMs out there. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block for updates about the show. And as always, the Dungeon Master's Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out other shows like Detentions and Dragons, Geek Wars, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, and more. But until next time, that's it for this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all their people at the table. I'm DM Mitch, reminding you to always keep on dungeon mastering. <laughs>